Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to this episode about chronic pain. Um, yeah, I was definitely having some, you know, as the podcast was coming up, I was having some thoughts about my own experience with, with chronic pain. And, um, you know, years of, of um, for me, it always manifested, well, probably in multiple ways more, you know, and a lot of psychosomatic stuff, but like mostly in a, in a, in a bad back. And I had the... Um, I've I've still got the MRI scans and the the um, I guess you call it I don't know it's a radiologist or um, the report you know that they gave from from the MRI scans and I used to take it to physios when I went and they'd say oh my god I've never seen anyone with such a bad um, you know like I had I think it's spondylolisthesis they called it and and like all these um, L1 L2 L3 S1 herniations in my thing and they yeah. said I'm surprised you can still walk you know it was <laughs> kind of like that was what physios used to say to me and um, so I, I, I and I suffered you know I had this you know I had years of uh, pain medication and struggles and some days I'd wake up and I know we're on only on audio here but I would literally bend over to the side you know and and, and sometimes I used to describe it as being like Spider-Man because like, I would literally get out of bed like Spider-Man along the wall because it's the only way I could walk. I mean, that, uh, and, um, you know, I had that for years. That was a real physical experience. But um, I remember when I went to, when I was in Supercoach and they said, oh, who wants to say like what they've got out of this, you know? And it was kind of like it was the third intensive and, and the end of a six-month program. And and I stood up and I was talking and I hadn't realized. And I said, oh, I said, and, you know, mm -hmm. I've traveled to, um, come on, we were in Prague. I said, I've traveled to Prague. And I said, and until this moment, right this second that you asked what I've got out of it, I, I hadn't even realized that I didn't even put my pain medication in my bag, you know, wow. and, it's kind of like, and I haven't needed it for six months. You know, it's kind of like that this chronic, um, you know, acute and chronic, you know, experience that I've been having with my back where I end up completely crippled um, and, and and all sorts of other different ailments, you know, constant trip to the doctors and so on, you know, it's kind of like it's just disappeared. And it's like, and sometimes I get a little bit of stiffness now and again, but it's like, I feel like um, I've, I've um, got 20 years younger, you know, in my physical <laughs> condition since finding this understanding. So, so I, I, you know, I'd love to hear like from you, you know, what your experience was and, and how you see it and, how, and, you know, what it's like working with people with that, you know, in that way as well. Yeah, sure. That, that is such a great story because in fact, mine's very, very similar. I had chronic pain for um, about 25 years. Like when, um, you know, I, I grew up in England and I lived in Manchester um, back in the early 80s and I was mugged three times um, and the first one my skull was fractured um, in a nightclub in Manchester then um, the second one I was beaten up um, by three guys who slammed me to the ground and I got three herniated discs 
And then the second one, sorry, the third one was actually in London because I, I realized Manchester was clearly the problem. I should move down to London. Um, and I, and then I was attacked by a 16 year old kid who threw a bicycle at my head and uh, fractured my, my neck. So um, C2 and C3 were broken through, although I didn't know that at the time. And so um, like you, I had all these x-rays and MRIs and stuff. And whenever I would move somewhere or go somewhere new, I would show them, you know, my, my stuff. And they go like, oh my gosh, how can you, how can you walk? How can you, you know? And so for all that time, I always thought that my pain was coming from those injuries because it made sense. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night with my, my right arm completely paralyzed. And they would say, well, that's because the nerve from, is coming from your neck where your neck was broken you know, that, that's where it goes down your arm. Or I would, like you, I would have terrible back pain. And I would, um, so I, I love your Spider-Man analogy, because I would always say I was like Marilyn Monroe on one side and Audrey Hepburn on the other side. I'd be like bent sideways. So I'd be completely straight on this side and, and like my, my, my pelvis on this side would completely shifted out of shape. And then, and then it got really bad. I'd be bent forward. And then the sciatica pain would be shooting down my leg to my ankle. And I spent many, many hours, days, you know, lying on the floor with hot water bottles and ice packs and constantly going to the chiropractor. And um, several times I was actually paralyzed. It got so bad, like the muscle spasms in my back were so bad that my, I'd look down at my legs and they wouldn't even move. I can remember one time I was living in Los Angeles by this point <clears throat> and I worked in the film business. And I remember one time coming home from the chiropractor in such agony and I got out of the car and I had one hand on the open door and one hand on the driver's seat in the back of it. And I was stood there supporting myself by my hands, not being able to move my legs at all, like terrified I was going to drop and praying a neighbor would come by and help me. And I, I remember getting stuck there for about 20 minutes, um, which doesn't sound like very long. But when you can't move and you, it's like you, I never knew if it was going to, the feeling was going to come back again. You know, I can say it was temporary now, but at the time, you don't know that. It's terrifying. So this went on for a very long time. And, and my experience was very similar to yours. When I came around the principles, um, you know, I did some training and I did the One Thought program in London with Aaron Turner. And um, I've been going to see a chiropractor every month for about 25 years, plus more often when I would have these attacks. And I needed to save some money because I was flying backwards and forwards because I, I live in Israel now in Jerusalem. And so I, I stopped the chiropractor appointments um, because I hadn't had any pain in a while. And I, I didn't put it together at first like you. And then um, after I finished the course, I was telling someone, I said, that's interesting. I haven't had any a bad episode in, in a couple of years at that point. And, you know, like I, I have a couple of twinges every now and again, but nothing paralyzing, nothing where I was lying on the floor. And a friend of mine suggested that I look up Dr. Sarno. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Sarno, but he was a um, rehabilitation medicine doctor in New York. Um, he's passed away now, but he, um, he was kind of one of the, the first pioneers in, to do uh, mind-body connection work in, in the traditional medical field. Um, he, he wasn't, um, it wasn't very well received, but he had some very famous patients like Howard Stern and um, Larry David, who um, helped create uh, Seinfeld and... Um, a few other actors and, you know, uh, uh, athletes and stuff. And, and he helped them get, get free of their pain. And so he started writing books. And so I, I read one of his books. And the story goes that people got well just from reading his book. So from an understanding of the principles, I'm thinking, these people are getting well because they've got a new thought. 
the information he was giving them, which is that there is actually nothing structurally wrong with you. It's coming from stress. Um, and stress affects the nervous system, which then cuts off the, wasn't cut off, but it kind of affects the blood flow, <clears throat> excuse me, to the muscles. And that's what is producing the pain. And it's real. The pain is real. But there's actually nothing structurally wrong. So, and in fact, you mentioned spondylitis. Like that can't, that doesn't necessarily cause pain. You could see it on an MRI, but the pain we experience has nothing to do with the, often the um, structural problem. So I thought, hold on a minute. If people were getting well from reading his books, that means they were getting well from ch a change in their thinking which from an understanding of the principles makes complete sense. And then the people who didn't get well from reading his books would then go to a lecture. So if they're getting well from a lecture, also it's a, a change in their thinking. So I had this idea that what if I could um, reproduce this in other people? Like, like I, my experience was, you know, I came around the principles and my pain went away. And the, and the amazing thing, and, and I think, and what I have a hard time explaining to other people is I didn't work on my pain. Like you said just now, it's, it came as a side effect of my thinking slowing down, of my thinking becoming clearer and, and understanding how my mind worked. As a consequence, my pain went away, which to me confirms the fact that it was something to do with stress or something to do with my thinking that was causing the pain, not something structural. Otherwise, I'd, I'd still have it because... I haven't done anything different to my back. My back is still the same. It's still bent a bit slightly. You know, my pelvis is still slightly off. I've still got one leg longer than the other. But I haven't had pain now in probably about five years, maybe more. So um, I, I started, I did some research. Um, I did I had five volunteers and I did a program. I, I kind of put together an idea that 10 hours, I had a 10 hour, I have a 10 hour program. And I, the first I go over the medical explanations and explain that to people and how the flight or flight stress response works and how it affects our bodies when we're stuck in that place for too long. And, and then I start talking about the principles for the rest of the time and people started getting well. It's, it's incredible. And, and now I've, you know, I've, I've got clients all over the world. So it's, um, it's, it's been an amazing journey and to, and it's not just back pain because it can be anything physical migraines, eczema, IBS, fertility problems, you know, when, when we're stuck in the, the stress response, you know, it's, it can affect any, any part of, you know, your physical experience. So, yeah. 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 That's so, that's so cool, isn't it? And I, and I was kind of wondering when I was listening to you, like, um, you would probably be the best place to answer this, but when someone someone's new, like, and and they haven't heard of the principles, they're not there. You know, do they do they do people struggle to see the connection between the two? You know, because they've always seen it like I guess from the from the physical, you know, going to the chiropractors or the physio or the doctor or whatever, you know, trying to and, and getting some sense of respite, I guess, from either medication or manipulation in different ways, you know. So so do people really struggle to see the connection? Or, or people, I think, have got a sense of, when I've spoke to people, I guess what I have seen is that there's always a little, there's, there's wisdom, but it's kind of like, it's a little bit... <coughs> it's not clear to them. They're like, they know that stress has some sort of connection to making things worse, but they don't see the full connection of it, I guess is what I would what say I've seen with people. Right. And, and yeah, it's, sometimes it is, um, 
it is a, a stretch for them to see the connection. But that's why I, I really go into the medical part at the beginning. And, and I make it very clear I'm not a doctor. Um, I do, I am a volunteer with a, an organization here um, called Hatsala, which means rescue. And um, the amazing thing is that uh, the other word that describes my position as a volunteer is hosen, which if you translate hosen from Hebrew into English, it's resilience. I thought, wow, <laughs> when, I, when, I re when I read that on the paperwork, I was like, yes, <laughs> excellent. Um, and so we, this organization I volunteer from for its um, a first responders organization, completely made out of volunteers. And so when someone calls the emergency number here, um, we, the, the, the people in the um, control room, they'll assess if there could be someone traumatized at the scene, which is probably most of the time, because if you're calling, you know, like the emergency number, whatever is near you, um, there's usually something not good happening. So we're trained to go to the situation and stabilize people um, at the scene, because then they're much less likely to get PTSD or, you know, those kind of um, problems afterwards. Um, now, in that training, I, I, I learned a lot about the stress response. So that's, uh, you know, I was very grateful for that, you know, that explanation. So that's what I try and give over to people, explaining how when you when you're, you're in a real emergency, you're, the amazing way we're made is that the brain then sends um, cortisol and adrenaline and epinephrine immediately into the body. And that helps us to run from danger. It helps, you know, your muscles to work and, and your brain to like focus really, really well. But the problem is if you're sitting in stress and anxiety, it's usually longer than 30 minutes, which is what it was originally designed for. So if you're sitting in stress and anxiety for an hour, two hours, four hours, 10, 16 hours a day, day after day, then all those stress chemicals are being you know, pumped into the body and they're not having a chance to, to leave or your body isn't having a chance to repair or do, you know, what, all the energy is being used up to fight this imaginary danger. And so that's how people get chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and all these other things also because the, the resources, <clears throat> excuse me, the resources in the body are being used to fight danger. And there, if there isn't a real danger, then um, it's, it's not being used up in running from, away from you know, the, the emergency. So that's, that's what I usually explain to people. So then, then that's how it's not so much of a leap because if they now see that it's stress that's causing that dysregulation in the body and stress is made of thoughts, I then start talking about how you know, how, what thought is and, and how we experience thought and where it comes from and, and how we often misunderstand, you know, it and, and misuse it and innocently don't understand what, what's going on. And I know I didn't because after my muggings, I got stuck in that loop of reliving the event and reliving the event. And consequently, I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping and, um, and I got pretty sick. And that's when my back pain and, and uh, you know, the other physical things started happening because my, my body wasn't, um, was, was being dysregulated by, by my overthinking. So when I've, when I've explained that to people who have not heard of the principles before, they're like, oh, okay. And so I'm, I'm really happy to say some of my clients have like gotten very excited about the principles and they're like, oh my gosh, because you made a really good point. A lot of people who end up talking to someone like me have done the rounds of doctors and acupuncturists and chiropractors and osteopaths and all, all those people who are doing their best to help. But they're coming from a place that there's something wrong with you and we need to fix it. 
So when I did my research for these five volunteers, all of them said to me afterwards in the follow-up that they were so happy and relieved to hear me say that there was nothing wrong with them. Like, like obviously they'd been checked by doctors first. I wasn't making a medical judgment, but I was talking to someone who I knew was well and they just got stuck in their thinking as opposed to a doctor who's saying there's something wrong with you and either we need to do surgery or medication or you're going to have to cope with this for the rest of your life and be in pain forever, which is so depressing. That endless round of building up hope and then getting, you know, knocked down again. So to hear that there's nothing wrong with them and that they have this innate wisdom, I think most people are really happy and relieved to hear that. Yeah. Well, so many questions came to mind when you were speaking <laughs> then, you know, it was kind of like, I've got so many things I want to ask about this, you know, things that I'm curious about and things that I think other people would be curious about. Like, like where does the, um, where does the crossover? Because I like had this real medical diagnosis, you know, like MRI scans that with discs that, you know, they would get the um, rulers out and show the centimeters that they were herniated pressing onto the nerve, which was then, you know, so, so there was a real, physical thing but i guess what i hear from you is that like the 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 experience of the pain is perpetuated more by the stress release hormone and the experience that i'm having you know like that i'm creating with my thinking on a daily basis so it's like um you know, maybe i've answered my own question you know it's <laughs> kind of like that that it seems like there's for some people i guess like, like, like you're saying you're not saying you're a doctor to people you're just explaining the function of the body the way that it's working but some people will have a real diagnosis, you know, do, do people struggle with that? You know, like seeing, seeing, you know, when they've got this real thing that they, that they've kind of been dealing with for years and then they see that, well, hold on a minute. I have got this diagnosis, but you're saying it's like made of thought, you know? Right. That's a really good point. Um, obviously if anybody's listening and they are in pain, the first thing I'd say is please get checked by a doctor. We're not saying don't go to the doctor because that's really important to, um, rule out anything organic but like you said you could go to the doctor and get an MRI and they are going to show you all kinds of things that are wrong so I want to tell you and these are things that I learned that if you were to MRI anyone past the age of 20 you will see spine degeneration it's just the way the body is like we get gray hair and we get wrinkles the body does start to deteriorate and the spine starts to deteriorate after age 20. Um, now, the advances in medicine, which have been so incredible and, and, and saving so many lives, um, but there's kind of a little drawback to that, is that if you look really closely at anybody's spine, you're gonna find stuff, right? So for example, my floor is pretty clear, clean right now, but if I were to go down there with a microscope, I'm gonna find dust and germs and maybe little bugs and stuff, I don't know, I wanna scare myself, but you know, like, so if you look closely at anything with a, a very powerful microscope, which is basically what MRIs are doing, you will find stuff. So if you look to anybody's spine, you're gonna find things. Now, there's a lot of research, and I've, I've read a lot of books about this, that you could MRI, let's say 200 random people, uh, who don't have any pain and you will find a, quite possibly find a lot of things wrong. You know, I say that in inverted commas, you know, like, like spondylosis and degeneration, maybe a bulging disc, you know, all those kind of things. You'll find those randomly in that 200 people without pain. Mm. And then you could MRI 200 people with pain 
and their pain will make no sense with the actual condition of their spine. Like the bulging disc might be bulging on the left, but the pain's going down the right. Things like that, for example. Um, and I, I read that a pinch, you can't actually pinch a nerve because if you pinch it, it's actually not sending a signal anymore. So a lot of the things we hear, like in, even the, the phrase slipped disc is very misleading because a disc cannot slip. Yeah. It's held like in, like with cartilage or whatever the stuff is, you know, I'm not saying I'm not a medical person. Um, it's held so tightly to the spine. It cannot actually slip. Now it can bulge because it's like a, it's like a donut kind of thing in between each of the, the, the spine bones and it, the, the stuff inside, imagine like toothpaste coming out of a toothpaste tube that can happen. But there are people with that who don't have any pain. Yeah. And there are people with that who do have pain. So the way I've kind of learned that to help someone find out whether it's stress related or whether it's structural is like I said, first of all, you're going to see the doctor, but there's a few clues. Um, the first one is, is if it, the pain comes and goes, because if it is structural, like say you've, you know, um, uh, torn a muscle or, or have a fracture, then the pain is going to be constant because that part of the body is injured and it's trying to heal. And pain is a, a signal. It's a message from your body. It's, it's that innate intelligence, that wisdom that we're all born with is telling you to protect that part of the body, whether it's a twisted ankle or you fractured, you know, um, a wrist or something. It's the pain is telling you protect it until it's mended. All right. Mm. So if the pain can move, you know, if it was in one knee and now it's in the other knee and then it's in your shoulder and then it's in your back, <laughs> then you, if it's moving around the body, which it often does when, when you start getting well, because you're kind of onto it. And so like you get this, this twinge in your shoulders, like, oh, that goes away. And like, oh, I'm feeling it in my leg, you know? So the fact that it can move means it's not structural. And the fact that it's inconsistent, like it only, like I've met people where their pain would come when they're sitting at the desk at work, but they could sit at home doing the, like watching Netflix and they're fine. Right? So if it, if it goes away when you're on vacation and it comes back when you've got to, you know, help your neighbor move some boxes, that's a bit of a clue, you know, like it's coming and going at certain times, like in times of stress, like my back will still twinge a little bit, you know, if, if I, if I have some stress in my life, cause everybody does, you know, yeah. Um, but now I don't take it seriously because I know it's not structural. I know it's just coming from maybe a little bit of stress from, you know, life stuff. So I laugh about it and it goes away. So if it can go away as a result of my thinking changes, then that's another clue. It's not structural. It's not related. Even if you've got an MRI that's showing stuff, um, it means that doesn't mean that you, you're, you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I guess also there's never a case where somebody seeing that the that most that all their problems are made of thought is is a bad thing, right? I mean, it's kind of like there's always going to be a, a benefit to that, you know. It's always going to be useful, um, mm -hmm. you know, e even if there is still some leftover, you know, real structural issue. You know, it's kind of like that. That I would say, you know, from my understanding of it, that you know, there's there's a 99% chance that things are going to improve, you know you know noticeably regardless you know um right because i just wanted to say that when when i'm working with clients i'm not promising anybody that they're going to be 100 percent pain-free because yeah. i first of all i don't think that's realistic yeah. and and base and and also you make a really good point because 
as your thinking gets calmer, clearer, you know, better, then you can be in pain and it's not the same experience anymore. So I'll give you an example. Um, back in the summer, um, I was um, a friend of mine had a dinner party and she hosted it in her garden. She has a beautiful garden. And there was like, we had this great time, friends sitting around the table, you know, having this great meal one Friday night. And then when I got home, I noticed that my feet were covered in mosquito bites, like really like 20 bites on each foot, you know? And I was like, ah, you know, like this. And it was like, my feet were starting to really itch and you know, that kind of, it's so, so uncomfortable. Um, and it was late and I was tired. And so, you know, I went to bed and then um, I kept, you know, like when you're kind of half asleep and you're, you know, and, and I kind of would wake up and I'm scratching the bites and then I go back to sleep again. And then every time I kind of wake up, my thinking was getting more and more annoyed. You know, and I was like, I was like, why did she have to have a dinner party in the garden? You know, she's got a beautiful dining room. Why do we have to eat outside? Like, what was she thinking? Doesn't she know I get bitten? You know, and so about two o'clock in the morning, I am screaming at my friend and my legs feel like they're on fire now. All right. And then thank you. Thank God for this, you know, understanding that I suddenly, I caught myself and I suddenly, I suddenly had this weird experience where my, I, it was so clear to me that my thinking was making the experience of the mosquito bites a hundred times worse. Yeah. So in, the, in that kind of half asleep kind of brain, I kind of caught onto this and I thought, stop it. And so I, I completely flipped out of the screaming at my friend, who's a lovely person, like <laughs> her to think I'm screaming at her, and, and focused completely on the physical sensation. Because in, in all pain and physical stuff there's there's two components really there's the there's the physical thing that's happening i mean there were bites on my legs it was real and there is you know whatever mosquitoes put in the, reacting with the skin is actually happening and then there were my thoughts about it which were speeding up to such a rate that it was making the experience much worse so i i stopped the thinking and just like put my concentration as much as i could onto the actual i would say pain but like the burning sensation and I was like, and then at this point, my, so my, my legs felt like they were on fire. And then I woke up about 8 a.m. It was the most incredible thing. Like, I, as soon as I, I, I focused on the pain and stopped getting angry with it and annoying, I was able to go to sleep. It just stopped. And the next morning, the, I don't say they were gone, but their mosquito bites were just not as angry as they usually are. They usually just hang around for a few days, especially if I've been scratching them like that. It was such a... It was such an amazing experience to be able to separate my thinking from the actual physical sensation. And, you know, I've since I, I had a, a surgery on my, on my leg last week, I had a cyst that needed to be removed. And so that was pretty scary and painful. So I, the same thing, I, I, I felt myself flip into this safe place. Mm. Like I still knew that there, there was still pain, but I was in this safe place with it. Meaning like, like I didn't have anything on the pain. There was my thinking wasn't making it worse. Whereas in the past, when I used to get the twinges in my back, I was already calling the chiropractor, reach for the hot water bottle, going, "Oh no, here we go again." You know, like I knew the routine. I had all the props, and my thinking would start like, "Oh my gosh, how much? How long is it going to last this time?" Oh, oh gosh, I'm going to have to like cancel work. Oh, oh no, the pain, and and so my thinking was like. Like, like making it the whole experience worse because I was going into fear before it even actually turned into a real physical 
you know, spasm and an, and an attack. So now with this understanding, I can like separate, like be an observer of it. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but the experience is so much more doable. <laughs> yeah. Catastrophic is the word that came to my mind. You know, it's kind of like, because that was my favorite pastime, catastrophizing like every experience of pain. And it was, I mean, literally to the point where, you know, I'd ring people up and go, oh my God, I'm going to have to have surgery. I'm going to be off work for weeks. I won't be able to look after myself. I can't get out and go shopping. You know, it's going to like, I'm bed bound. You know, it was like, I would really like be in this, you know, like just making it up, you know, it's kind of like making it worse, wanting sympathy from people, you know, and it's kind of like, and, 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 but literally believing, you know, that, that making that stuff up as if it was really going to happen, not actually knowing, you know, it's kind of like not actually knowing whether, cause like, like you said, it came and went, you know, one day I would be like Spider-Man and, and, and I'd had those experiences. I remember once one of my questions is about therapy and, 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 um, but like once I'd been for a therapy session and I'd stood up off the sofa and, and, and literally hit the floor, I was on my hands and knees. I mean, this is embarrassing. You know, the therapist was there. I was knelt down on my hands and knees on the floor. And I literally like you had that experience where I didn't move for like 20 minutes. They were like, come on, I'll help you stand up. I was like, no, don't touch me. You know, it's kind of like, I can't move because it was that, that much pain. Um, so yeah, I mean, like on making it worse, you know, absolutely, I can, I can, I can see that in my own, my own experience. And and my question about therapy was, um, do, do, I guess in some ways it must make it worse, you know, like digging into the part, you know, like therapy as a like a psychotherapy because I, you know, I, I trained as a psychotherapist, and all we ever did was dig into the past, you know, it's kind of like and connect to the present day experience and you were always like um reliving re-experiencing some sort of painful <clears throat> painful situation and i would guess during my therapy training as well that, that my experience of pain was worse you know than it had been at other times if i had to if i had to you know say whether it was or not i'd say it definitely was yeah it's it's interesting because in the in the pain management world which i'm you know like making like little steps into and, and bringing the principles and this understanding into the pain management world. Um, the pioneering work that's being done, meaning stepping away from surgery and, and, and medications, because, you know, there's such a, a problem right now, opioid addictions, you know, to do with pain management. Mm. And so the, the pioneers in that, that field, um, they advocate journaling and meditation. This is like the, the new thing. And, and so I'm looking at this and I'm going, but guys, <laughs> you're, you're taking people back into the past, you know, like, and, and so if, if the original event was so stressful, it's now manifesting in my body. And now you want me to, like you said, write about it, relive it, relive it. Then surely that's going to activate my nervous system again and, and dysregulate it. Now I'm remembering, you know, the attack or remembering the resentment or the, that, the angry, you know, the argument or whatever it was that set me off. Um, and so, um, you know, in, I'm in quite a few of these Facebook groups that are like pain support manage, you know, like, like groups. And I have to tell you, I'm not that popular <laughs> because I come along and say things like, well, maybe you don't actually have to do anything. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you don't have to do anything? Don't you understand I'm in pain? <laughs> you know, like, so I get like their thinking is, um, 
you know, so, like take journaling, for example. So, so they're, they're really big on journaling, like, you know, get the feelings out because our problem is that we're not, we haven't processed the feelings properly. And, and it is true. And I've noticed it that a lot of the people I think who um, <clears throat> do have this like a tendency to manifest their stress physically. I mean, obviously there's a generalization, but, but it kind of goes that most of us are perfectionists and what you could call goodest, meaning I've got to do it the right way, you know? And so we're, we're, I don't know about you, but I, I was brought up in a home where being angry wasn't really allowed. You know, we weren't allowed to express our feelings. And so you, we still have feelings. And so they get smushed inside. So uh, you know, from the traditional therapy, that's saying like they're being repressed, you know, and then they're coming out physically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but what I, I can see journaling, you know, what they're saying is like, get it out. And okay. So you like, like, forgive me, but throwing up on the page, right? <laughs> so I could see that being beneficial one time. Maybe I could understand why they think that's a good idea. But most of them advocate journaling every day, like doing a daily journal. And I'm thinking, you want me to throw up every day? You know, like, that, how can that be good? In fact, there's a diagnosis, it's called bulimia. <laughs> you know, like, throwing up every day is not, a, like, how, it, how can that be healthy? If you can't sleep me to think about it. And so I, I go into these Facebook groups and I say things like, maybe you don't actually have to do anything. Maybe just seeing that it's thought, you know, like, that we're always feeling our thinking you know, is enough. And, and so people are like getting curious and I'm now getting quite a few people who are like contacting me privately and they're saying, I'm so sick of journaling. It's not, you know, I'm so sick of expressive writing. You know, I'm so sick of this stuff because it just keeps taking me into the past and getting me upset and it's not helping. I'm like, yeah, well I can, I can show you why it's not going to help because a, the answers aren't in the past. And, and B, I, this is just my, my understanding, is that the body only knows the present. I know there's a big belief that, you know, trauma is held in the body. And, and, and like, I always think, like, well, where is it? Is it in my knee? Is it in my spleen? You know, like, what do you mean it's held in my body? I never understood that. It doesn't make sense to me somehow. Because my body, like, really knows right now. So if I'm sitting in stressful thinking right now, whether it's because I'm journaling or I'm remembering, or I'm stuck in that, you know, loop of, you know, um, reliving the event, then my body doesn't know if I'm remembering something, or I'm catastrophizing about something, or I'm thinking about the future, or what ifing. it just knows that I'm stressed right now, and that's, you know, and that's bringing on my, my, my pain reaction, and for some people, it's eczema, you know, I've worked with people with terrible migraines, um, stomach problems, you know, and, and I've asked doctors, why is it some people it's back pain and why some people it's migraines and some people it's skin problems and and they really don't know we we don't know why but it just is and then when people see that there's a connection between that and their thinking mm -hmm. they start getting better because like oh thank god there's actually nothing wrong with me it's such a relief that that helps their thinking calm down yeah that was what i that was one of my other questions was about like some people experience it through back pain. Some people have migraines, some people have eczema, you know, and is, is that just mm. like completely random or, you know, how people sort of, I, I guess. You know. Yeah. As far as I know, it is, um, there, there may be an explanation. Um, the doctors I know who work in this field, who I've spoken to that they, they who've been doing this a very long time, like in their understanding of mind body connection, 
from a medical background that they they don't know why for some people it's back and some people it's you know migraine why this person it's a knee and this person's it's a shoulder we don't know um i mean the only thing i could guess is that um like for me when when my back would hurt that's where my three herniated discs were from being slammed on the ground so logically it made sense that that's where the pain would come and our brains are very smart they my brain does remember that there was an injury there so um i think in order to convince me that that pain was like a, a result of the injury then it would need to be there so because a lot of people say like oh it's my that old football injury or it's that you know like that tennis elbow or something but I mean, my father had tennis elbow and he never played a game of tennis in his life, you know? So mm. It was just, um, I, I think it was just um, like stress in his shoulders and my mother got migraines and I, I, I mean, migraines makes perfect sense to me because if you're overthinking all the time, you know, it's almost like the brain's um, innate wisdom is saying, stop, you know, like, like just stop this overthinking. And I think for me with my back, it was just like having me lie on the floor was just a way to, to slow me down it's the intelligence of the body that's helping us it, it's if i now i see it as signals it's messages coming from my body rather than um something to get concerned and worry about yeah wow so such an interesting subject isn't it because I, I would say like i've like throughout the course uh, throughout this call it, you know i was thinking i think almost everyone has some ailment you know that's kind of like that's that that, that even people who are generally fit and well it will be like oh my back or oh my knee or oh my eczema or my migraines or something you know one of those things and, and i've met um a few people you know in this understanding that have had mm. chronic fatigue fibromyalgia you know different um mm -hmm. The, you know what what they call an undiagnosable sort of symptomatic um, experiences I guess um, that, have, that have gone away so I, I think that like as my podcast is like always you know it, it starts off with a different misunderstandings but it always ends up in the same place you know that there is only one misunderstanding you know and it's kind of like I'd love to hear how you share that you know with with people you know it's kind of like if, if someone was listening to this who was who was new and, they, and they'd got the scientific bit and they'd got the, the connection between chronic stress and, and how it sort of, um, you know, affects their physical condition. You know, I'd love to hear from you, like either what your own experience was when you had that realization or how you share it with others, you know, what, what would be useful for people listening? Right. And, and I, I just thought as, as you were talking, um, I, I really think the pain is, like a coping mechanism. Yeah. And so really it's no different to someone who's overeating or drinking or, or using or um, anger. And but like, we all like, like you were saying, like why was one person be migraine and one person be like their, their knee, but you could say also another person, it's food, another person, it's, it's drugs, another person, it could be anger. It could be, um, you know, like overachievement, workaholism, like there's, it's endless the amount of um, coping mechanisms we have yeah. where we, where we're trying to, to live with these, um, this, these thoughts that I, I'm trying to run away from. So when, when I'm trying to explain it to somebody, I usually say like, um, like all those therapies out there, ranging from Freudian analysis all the way through to, you know, CBT, NLP, EMDR, EFT, you know, like it, it, it's endless. Like 
I, I was just in South Africa um, working and, and everybody there kept telling me about body talk. Like, like, have you heard of body talk? I was like, no, what's that? They go, oh, everybody's trying it. I said, does it work? They go, no, but everybody's doing it. You know, it's like, okay. So every week there's a new therapy that you could hear of, you know. And, and what I've noticed that all of those, whether it's you know, from traditional therapy and analysis all the way through to whatever the latest you know, thing is, that really what they're doing is they're slowing people's thinking down. Um, like I, I have a friend who, who loves her acupuncture. And she knows that I'm, you know, like found this thing called the three principles and she's really happy. It makes me happy, but she loves her acupuncture for her medical issues. And I asked her once, what does she like about it? And she said, well, for that hour, you know, she gets to spend with this lovely lady who does the treatment and there's nice music and there's the essential oils and, you know, and it, and it, and, and so I said, Oh, that, so it's calming you down. She said, yeah. And so consequently she has to go three times a week. And if she could afford it, I'm sure she'd go every day, right? So what I point people to is the fact that if they have found something that works, and by the way, I, I, I would never tell anybody to stop doing something that works for them because, you know, being in pain is exhausting and, and, and horrific at times. But just go upstream a little bit and see why it's working. You know, why that hour the acupuncturist or with your therapist, whoever, is working because it's giving you an opportunity to to stop from the world and relax and your thinking starts to slow down a little bit. And as your thinking starts to slow down, there's room for maybe some insights, some realizations, some, you know, like, like calmness comes in, which immediately has an effect on your body and those stress hormones start to subside a little bit. In fact, I've, the only technique I would ever give anybody if this was a technique is just to, to breathe. We, we forget to breathe, especially when you're stressed you know, and when you're stressed, you usually breathe in sharply. Like when someone has a surprise or a shock, you go like that. And that actually activates the stress response. Whereas if you think about someone who's calm and relaxed and they go, ah, they breathe out. And breathing out actually activates the um, dopamine and, and the, the good, the happy chemicals. So if someone's in a panic attack or they're feeling, you know, in, in extreme pain, I would say to them, breathe slowly and deeply and, and concentrate on the one that's going out because that's going to help your brain come back to um, some kind of um, calmness. And then as that's happening and our thinking slows down, then there's room for, you know, like the inspiration. And, and so the problem with the therapist is that they leave the therapist's office, whether it's a chiropractor or the osteopath, and then they go back into life, which is stressful. And you've got the idiot boss and, and your annoying neighbors and the family members, and they get all tensed up and stressed again. So then they have to go back to the therapy or the, the you know, the, the, the medical treatment. Whereas what I'm doing is, is like teaching, showing people how the experience works, you know, not getting involved in the content of the thought, but just how it works. Then, then people have that understanding they can take with them. So they don't have to keep going back to, for the treatments. And, and like you and me, once we understood how our mind works, you know, our pains went away. In, in fact, I just want to tell you a story. Um, <clears throat> when I was at the London conference this year, you know, I've, I've been one of the organizers for the last couple of years. And so people are always coming to me and asking me lots of questions like bathroom and how do I get to the airport and, you know, stuff like this. And a lady came to me and she said, 
and she was kind of hobbling, you know, that kind of like, you know, that kind of back pain hobble where you're kind of <laughs> stumbling along and she had a, a walking stick and she, she came towards me. I was like, oh no, I really felt for her because I, I recognized that, that kind of stumbling um, back pain walk. And, um, and she said to me, she'd forgotten her pillow and were there any other kinds of chairs? Because there's no way she could sit in a conference room chair for three days. So I said, I'm so sorry. We, you know, we really don't have any other chairs. I'm, I'm, I wish I could help you. And then I, I took a chance and I said to her, I used to have terrible back pain and it's really um, gone away since I've had this, you know, come across the understanding of the principles. And admittedly, she was at a three principles conference, so I didn't have to explain too much, but she kind of, I saw her in her mind. She was like, the, the puzzle pieces kind of went together and she went, oh, oh, really? And then she told me she, she was about to have a surgery on her back. She was going to have a TENS machine. Um, it's like an implant thing. It stops the, 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 the nerve messages, I think. Um, and her father had had one and she'd been in pain for 20 years and she was about to have a, a surgery. And then, so then, you know, she went off like, to like some breakout session or whatever. And I was working. And the next day, the second day of the conference, now, I won't say she was running towards me, but she came moving very fast and her, her walking stick was dangling now from her wristband. And she's like, Hannah, Hannah, I've got to tell you, my pain is going away. And I was like, really? Like after a five minute conversation? And she's like, yeah, it's like amazing. She's like, I've been sitting on all these sessions that like all morning thinking, oh my gosh, my stress, that's, that's why, you know, I've been having pain. Like, like she put it all together. So on the third day of the conference, I went looking for her and I finally managed to find her and I said, how are you feeling? She's like, oh, great. She's like 90% pain free. And so I got her email and I stayed in touch with her. And she told me like a month later, she was still 90% pain free and, and didn't, as far as I know, didn't have the surgery because it had gone away. She, all she needed was to be pointed in the direction of putting those ideas together. And she saw that, you know, like she went from like, you know, depending on a walking stick and having surgery to 90% pain-free. Now, I'm, I'm not promising that for anybody else, you know, because clearly she had some kind of understanding of the principles, but like people often say to me, oh, I've been in pain for so long, this is going to take forever. How on earth am I going to understand this? So then I start quoting Sydney Banks and say like, you know, all it takes is one new thought. Mm. It really does, it really, like that's like for anybody, you know, it takes insight and that really comes in the form of, a, of new thinking. And, and that's available to anybody. Yeah, that's so powerful, isn't it? I mean, people have um, insights into how the mind works and they spend more of their, their life experience in a nice feeling like, like the lady at the conference, you know, and kind of there's less stress response hormone, there's less um, cortisol and epinephrine running around the body, you know, and it's kind of like, and then next thing, you know, you, you're... Yeah, you're experiencing more joy, peace, contentment because you're living in the moment and, you know, through the realization of how the mind works, but you're also having more, you know, or less physical or even no physical symptoms, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, while you may come to this understanding with a, with a physical ailment or a struggle, you know, it's kind of like that everything in life changes, you know, it, nothing changes, mm -hmm. but everything changes when you see the, the, you know, the reality of how the mind works. Yeah. And it's funny that now you made me think like maybe there's something going on where the intelligence of the universe knows what is going to, what 
needs to bring me to the principles. Because for some people, it could be a financial problem. Maybe some people, it could be a relationship problem. You know, and for other people, it can be a physiological problem. It doesn't really matter what it is that helps me come to this understanding. Because once I get it, you, you can see the, the ripple effect in, in all areas of people's lives. You know, then, you know, if they did come to it from a, from a pain point of view, and then they start seeing their relationships get better. And then, you know, and, and their, their business, you know, decisions get better. And it's like, it's amazing how the ripple effect goes through everywhere because the principles are like, you can't apply them. They just are, you <laughs> know, just, they're true all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> it, when you were speaking about it before, it, it reminded me of something that Bill Pettit says, you know, love letters, you know, maybe the pain, I love letters, you know, for, from, you know, to, to, to give you that realization, you know, it's kind of like, it's just a general pointing, you know, and, and, and takes you to the realization that, that is life changing. Right. Yeah. In fact, you just reminded me of a, another thing that happened to me when, when I first started researching and reading a lot of the medical stuff on, on, on this topic, um, there was a gentleman who wrote a book, um, came out a couple of years ago and he himself had gone through a horrific experience in terms of pain. He'd, um, his wife had been paralyzed by an epidural injection when she was giving birth to their first child. Um, he had gone like something wrong with his eye. Then there was his foot and his leg and his, you know, like he was bent over sideways and in terrible pain for many years. And then the house was hit by a tornado. Then his father died. You know, the, the story just went on and on the poor guy. And the book was about um, an inch and a half thick. And I hadn't had any pain about three years at this point. And I was reading his book. And I suddenly started feeling a twinge in my back, this familiar twinge in, in the muscles in, in the middle of my back. And I thought, uh-oh. And then I felt that, I knew that when I stood up, my pelvis would be shifted to the side. And then I started feeling that pain go down my leg. And I laughed because I was actually on vacation, just sitting in a comfortable chair reading this book. But because it was about pain and it was quite... Um, well written but quite graphic in, in terms of what it was so it's probably reminding me of some of the things I went through and it was quite horrific what he was going through my back started hurting as a result of reading a book about back pain and and I laughed because it was so obvious to me that's why I couldn't have done anything structurally I didn't you know fall over I didn't pull a muscle it was purely because of what I was reading and so and, and it took me two days to read this book. It was you know, quite a thick book. I was reading it all day long for two days. And part of me thought, maybe I should stop reading it because why am I putting myself in pain? And then I thought, no, it's a really good book. I want to finish it. So, um, so I kept reading because I knew as soon as I put the book down, the pain would go away. And guess what? It did. As soon as I put the book down, pain went away. Because that night, you know, I was like, it was hard to sleep because my pelvis was shifted and the next day back straight again. And all of that just from, from reading and, and thinking. But I think what I got out of that was that I didn't have to take it seriously, you know, and that's something I, I'm always trying to give over to my, to my clients is that you're still going to have some crazy thoughts sometimes, you know, we all do, but I don't have to have anything on it. And by not having anything on it, um, then, then the pain doesn't serve a purpose and it, and it doesn't stick around. But I, I had this insight with a client a couple of weeks ago. She was struggling to get, you know, these ideas. 
And so <clears throat> she kept saying like, you know, but I've got to work on my thinking. I've got to work on this stress. And I was saying to her, but working on it is continuing the, the input from the stress response, you know, like if you keep attacking your thinking. <clears throat> so I, I asked her, I said, is there anybody in your life that, you, that really annoys you? She goes, oh, yes, my neighbor, I want to kill him. So I said, did you? She's like, what? I said, did you kill him? She goes, no, of course I didn't. I said, look at that. You had a thought, I want to kill him. And you didn't have to fight it. You didn't have to analyze it. You didn't have to journal it. That thought went through your mind and you knew not to take it seriously. Like, I don't imagine you were sitting, you were like holding your hand back from the kitchen knife trying to stab your neighbor. You just had that thought and you didn't react to it. I said, see, you're already doing it. You do it all the time. So when you have other thoughts like, oh, here comes my pain or here comes my idiot boss or whatever, you know, like um, thing that usually sets us off, maybe you can have the same relationship with it. You, you can learn not to take it seriously. And I, I don't know if she got anything out of it, but I certainly did. <laughs> like that, 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 that whole interaction was like, wow, look at that. She had a thought like she wanted to kill someone, but it wasn't even an issue. You know, like we have these thoughts all the time that we don't react to. So we all have the ability to do it. It's just understanding that that's what's actually happening. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end. You know, it's such a, it's such a, a great subject, you know, and I'm sure that like the conversation, um, you know, there's so much in there for people that are, that are listening, you know, that have any sort of struggles and it's been, it's been really interesting for me as well, you know, listening and sort of putting, you know, having little light bulbs go off and connections coming together. So I really appreciate you doing this with me. So thank you very much. And, yeah, my pleasure. And, and how can people um, contact you? You know, what's your website and what, what are you up to lately? You know, like what are your programs and stuff that you're doing? Sure. Um, I have a website. It's my name, which is hannahstudley.com. It's spelled C-H-A-N-A-S-T-U-D-L-E-Y.com. Um, I have a, a program where I, I help people with, with chronic pain, but like I said, it can also be migraines and eczema and all kinds of other physiological things. And so that's, um, there's some details and, and uh, information about that on my website. Um, I also have a Facebook group, which is called Understanding Chronic Pain, Anxiety and Trauma. Um, so people are welcome to come and join there, which is a great um, resource for, for people who are um, new to the principles and, and new to this understanding, but also I think for, for those of us who have been around the principles for a while, it's a great place to answer people's questions and post things and, you know, share experiences, you know, in that group also. Um, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on an animation right now. I've just written a script and I've got someone helping me doing one of those whiteboard animations. So I'm very excited about that. So I'll be posting that, <clears throat> you know, in a few places, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks it'll be finished. So, and it really, it, it, I mean, it's obviously a very brief explanation, but it kind of gives like an animation of what we've been talking about tonight, about how the stress response, you know, dysregulates the body and, and turns into chronic pain and how understanding your thinking is really you know, a way out of that. So that's, that's my, my fun project I'm working on right now. So, so yeah, please, if people have got questions or want to get in touch with me, then through the website is probably the best thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. I'll put a link on the, on the recording for uh, your website and stuff. So thanks for doing that with me. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.